Michelle Live podcast. My Michelle Live. Hey, I am Michelle. Adam Rosieri is by my side. We are giving you a week in review. What happened last week? You need to be caught up because there's a lot of things that do happen that you unless you're listening to outlets like this. So on the agenda today, you're going to find out some of the aftermath of the wokeism that's going on in our world. You are going to hear one good news story that's showing something is happening in America. Get on board because there's a revival coming. And unfortunately, there's a battle for our news. Adam, hey! How's it going? Hey, hey, going great, Michelle. Going great. Things are good. Life is good. Just celebrated a birthday for the wife. Happy uh, birthday, beautiful. And we took the little man. He's, I can't believe it. He's four months old now. Took him down to Waco, Texas to tour around. You may have heard of Chip and Joanna Gaines, the fixer-upper couple. They sell like candles and home interior items and stuff like that but they have like a home remodeling business too and they have transformed part of downtown waco in such a nice way the town really needed some revitalization and it's just there's so much cool stuff to see down there if you live in austin if you live in dallas if you live in houston people make day trips now to waco all the time and it's helping bring that city back to texas who would have ever thought go figure maybe they could go right. up to someplace like detroit and give them a hand up there it's right <laughs> fix, fix a, uh, actually, detroit fixer upper come visit seattle man we are turning into the devil's butthole i swear you drive down the freeway and it's uh, the most well, beautiful setting super you mentioned it was super like soggy and, and humid there. it's soggy it's just soggy the humidity we don't really pay attention to there isn't it's not an issue but it is very soggy and you know what it's not such a big deal because we live in one of the most beautiful places on the freaking planet it is gorgeous here but oh, yeah. policy has turned it into the devil's butthole literally you can't drive yeah. down the freeway without going oh my gosh garbage and crap everywhere <sighs> it is just it's very sad and so there sad. is a battle that's going on in our world and in our nation in western civilization and really we're seeing it play out in places like the news. And there are some big stories last week dealing with the news. One, for example, is now there's a committee on the weaponization of the government to investigate. They're going to investigate from the State Department. This is a crazy story. Do you want to set the stage? Yeah, so I think this is the committee that they're calling the Church Committee, if I'm not mistaken here. But here we have uh, Matt Gates from Florida and Jim Jordan, the new chair of the Judiciary Committee, basically vowing to investigate what we've seen come from the State Department, basically doing things like adding people to blacklists and proactively trying to censor political adversaries. This is stuff that we've been feeling and experiencing now for the last couple of years. Dude, have and, we and not it, learned anything from McCarthyism? Do, do we not remember? <laughs> it's McCarthyism all over again. It's creepy. Yes. It is creepy, but the creepy stuff too, and this goes back to even the Obama administration when you had Christian nonprofits that were being ostracized by the IRS and losing their exemption status. <laughs> the idea that the government is a solution to our problems, that's a creepy thought by itself. The people should be the solution to the people's problems. And I think we're seeing Jim Jordan and Matt Gates trying to come together and take power and do things to hold people accountable. But the tricky thing is we've been living in this world where you have 
one set of rules, right? But you have people that follow the rules and then you have others who break the rules and are not held accountable. And it seems time and time again that those people who are not held accountable are celebrities, public figures, far left politicians alike. And Michelle, I don't know. I don't love the idea of, frankly, our legislative body doing this, like really taking this power and investigating things that are taking place because I just don't know that they're the right ones to do it. But at the same time, the <laughs> Department of Justice has proven time and time again that they are not the ones to do it either because they are corrupt as well. I you know, know I it's but at least we're talking leaders. about it because there yeah. were two state department black entities, the National Endowment for Democracy and the Global Engagement Center. And they were granted, granting $665,000 combined between 2020 and 2021 for the Global Disinformation Index. So without any proof, without due process, without even data, they smeared hundreds of sites, mostly conservative sites, and writers, they attempted to put them out of business. Christian outlets were literally blacklisted and given a rating as reprehensible and offensive. Right. Others like Hot Air got tagged as false or misleading, which right. was just, oh, you was false air. or misleading, not reprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> well, Are we, do you think we could rate reprehensible? <laughs> oh, I think so. We need, we need those are the next oh, t-shirts. So. Reprehensible, we can, we can offensive. <laughs> I want just I just want to cross on there and say From reprehensible, offensive. To canceled, to reprehensible, to offensive. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to start just using an acronym moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. Uh, no, no, they will be, they will be cool. No, <laughs> but have our acronym. I know, right? And the crazy thing about this though is Jesus said that he's going to be a stumbling block that people will be offended by him that that so you know it's going to happen and forgive me i do not want you to get the wrong idea that conservative politics is jesus politics that's not the case and in many cases they butt heads Uh, it's but for some reason christians get and christianity gets lumped in to the reprehensible and that's where our society is going. And well, I'd like you to think about that so. for a minute. Why is it that while there's other faiths or ideas, ideologies that may have more conservative viewpoints, Islam, for example, oh my gosh, seriously. Right. Very conservative. What is it about Jesus that is, stands out of the crowd? Just I don't want to go into just yeah, right, what, put that out what there. Is it about, about what is it about a teenager wearing a Jesus Saves shirt walking through the Mall of America is, that is so offensive that security asks him to leave? <laughs> right? The shirt? That's absurd. What is it about Jesus? Is it like, is there beard envy there? Like, we can't all grow a beard. So are, are, is it like beard envy because Jesus had such a good looking beard as far as I can tell? But really, what is it? It's a new it's a new invigoration and sort of a reigniting of newfound persecution against Christians. It's like these ideas that, frankly, I think our country is founded on Judeo-Christian principles. The, these are the ideas that the left has to attack yeah. because they want to dismantle things that are, basically our faith has led to the, the establishment of institutions that make our way of living one that we can enjoy in inalienable rights where we can pursue happiness. So if we can break those down, then we can basically replace them with something, frankly, that's far worse. Right. Well, that's with, what the left wants to do with Christ. 
there is a standard. There's a God standard. There's a Ten Commandments. And boy, that's convicting. I do not want restrictions. I want to do whatever feels good. There's a way that just feels right to me. And Bible says the ways thereof lead to death. Good news, though, in this news story where the government is weaponizing again outlets is that Microsoft has retreated in this. Um, they, after being exposed, they have literally backed off, taken all the red flags off, but not before we were able to get this story. And this, this is, <laughs> seriously, this is happening. Well, Microsoft has gone so far with their platforms to basically try and monitor how you craft emails, even trying to say you're maybe you're using the wrong pronouns. Maybe you're gendering your pronouns. Like Microsoft and frankly, big tech in general has made strong moves to try and alter very ways that we communicate. And in this particular case, obviously we're talking about quote misinformation and tagging things as false or misleading, which obviously is a big part of the problem. It's just another tool at their toolkit, right? Being able to label things as false or misleading because the thing is there's so much content that goes across a platform that there's no way for them to actually seriously tag everything. So just imagine that this was an okay practice, right? But then they're going to let things get by. And if it's not, if it's not tagged or labeled, you're just going to assume that it's fact, even if it's not. And but also problem- too, it's not their job to patrol this stuff at all. It's not their job <laughs> to patrol what's truth and what's not truth. That's up to us as individuals to not be idiots and to validate our sources. And you're to asking look a lot. I know I'm asking so it's way too much, right? And the, look, the, a lot of relied on just oversimplification, even algorithms. But that algorithm has come to bite a lot of people who didn't even think they would get bit by it. We've seen problems with buying ads on social media if you've been flagged secretly. You have no recourse. You have no way to fight against it. Nothing. They'll take your money, but your ads are just not seen. You have no Very protection. Much so. They're happy this to. Is- this is true. It's happening. It well, sucks. they'll take your money, but your ads aren't seen. They will lock you out of your account and give you no way to get your account back, especially around election time. Like that happened to me. And then they force you to basically create a second or third account so that they can, when they have their earnings calls, they can say, oh yeah, we have user growth. We have all these new accounts. No, those are just <laughs> duplicate accounts because you're kicking us off the platforms and stopping us from talking to each other. I mean, yeah. It's, you don't it's have any growth. Thank God that, <laughs> you know, it's it's like self-policing to have the government look into it. At least it's coming out in the open and that's good. Other stupidity coming out of the fight for the media is Don Lemon. Well, Talk I wondered, about, I wondered you when know, we were going to get on. What's that? <laughs> I wondered when you were going to start throwing some lemon at us. <laughs> no, you buy a car and it's a lemon? Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. That it's a, and then in the media, when you watch TV and it's a lemon, it must be CNN. Or in MSNBC. Maybe that's where Don's going to go next because I don't know how much time he has left at CNN. But I'm yeah, sure I want Joanne you to Rick know, was- in case you didn't notice, I am not in my prime. What? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> according to Don Lemon, the misogynist claimed on national television last Thursday that Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley isn't 
in her prime. What does and that even mean? Is that like in your to go to nature? It's like your breeding prime. What are you talking about, which Don is Lemon? gross? Because first of all, actually, <laughs> there as he made these comments, even Poppy Harlow was like, "What do you mean by that? Hey, we need a qualifier." So she said, "Are you talking old, about prime for childbearing or becoming president? <laughs> what do you mean? Like prime for running a marathon and recovering quickly afterwards? Like, yeah, so this is are, a fifty-one-year-old woman." See, Nikki okay, Haley's let's set the stage. Woman, Michelle, like she is a woman who's wise. She has life experience. Like when you're going to run for the top office in our country, you better not be a 20 year old. Like you should know some things about well, life. <laughs> it, it's crazy. All right, let's set the stage. Haley announced that she was going to be running for president. She also said there should be a mandatory competency test for politicians of more than 75 years of age. I think there should be a mandatory well, yeah. competency test for anyone well, running president. I think there's that a age mandatory competency test to fly an airplane and to drive a car. It's true, <laughs> but I'm not one for age discrimination, so I think really sure. making it for everyone is fair. Let's just because that just seemed like a slam against our geriatric president. But for Don well, Lemon to say she's not in her prime, when we have a president who poops himself and can't find his way out of the Rose Garden, dude. Yeah, poops himself, can't find his way out of the Rose Garden. Has the, I guess a lot of people are saying it's like the dementia shuffle. Like his body, his motor functions seem to not match what his brain the clouds that are moving through his brain very slowly. It's very concerning. But Don Lemon, first of all, like... Don Lemon, are you even in your prime, sir? What by de by what definition would you say you are in or out of your prime? We would like to know. Can I just ask you this? So if that were someone on Fox News, for example, that said Hillary Clinton isn't in her prime, how would the media have responded to that? Because that's reprehensible to oh, yeah. and misogynistic and what do you mean in your prime prime for what are you saying women right. who are over 40 are not are not good for anything or they are in such decline that we are unable to participate we shouldn't be running for president what is that it's reprehensible on it every reprehensible. level offensive and why has not cnn issued an apology for that and it's to your point also michelle about having the same rules for everybody so if we are going to have competency tests, right? Think about Chuck Grassley. He's 89 years old in Senate, but the guy runs multiple. He runs like three to six miles a day. Like that guy is fit, right? And he's very smart and he's very sharp. He's 89 years old. He's one of the oldest members in our legislative branch. But you, then you look at Joe Biden, right? Those guys would not compete the same. Grassley versus Biden yeah. in a race, in a chess game, I guarantee you would be a different outcome. And finding uh, their way to the bathroom. Okay. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. To sit here and say, I think Nikki Haley's out of her prime, but Joe Biden's our president. It's um, ridiculous by the way, Donald because probably voted for Joe Biden. What are you saying, man? Dude, yeah. And when you think of Nikki Haley, she may be more prime than someone who is in their 20s who doesn't know their way out of a paper bag or arguably or it may not be in the best of health because we have an overweight, unhealthy society. So really, prime is for all people and all ages is well, it's subjective uh, and additionally exactly. 
you, let's just be really fair. I didn't think it was fair of Nikki Haley to say competency for people over 75 because I think that's age discrimination. I do believe, as we both stated, make it for everyone because then people in there are not competent. They are not <laughs> competent. A lot well, of them are I mean, not competent. They're Fetterman, wacky. Man. What the heck? You see Michelle. some of the AOC crap who came out yeah. against the news, not the news story, the commercials of He Gets Us. I'm pretty sure Jesus wouldn't want to spend that much money making fascism seem awesome, which was Ridiculous. not a direct quote, but that's basically what she said. Yeah. And it's, did you not hey. get the message of that? And exactly. why fight so hard once again against Jesus? Exactly right. This competency test, Fetterman, John Fetterman's 53 years old. Let's give him the competency test. He's two years older than Nikki Haley, like a few decades younger than President Biden. This could be a good test for all of us, especially when we have maybe lawmakers who are being put in positions not based on merit, but just based on identity politics or which which flag they're waving. Can they actually do the job, though? You're a doctor. Can you perform the surgery? You're an airline pilot. Can you fly the plane safely? We're not hiring people based on who's best for the job anymore. and We're not electing people based on who's best for the job. We're electing people based on who really is drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Who's able to get the right donors and who's pledging allegiance to George Soros? I want the doctor who's best suited for the job. Like the guy with the scalpel, you better be darn good with that scalpel. The guy flying my airplane with me and my family in it, man, I hope you have military experience. I hope you are great at your job. I don't care what you look like. I don't (laughs) care. I do not care. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care, you know, who you sleep with. I want to know if I'm going in for under the knife that you know what the heck you're doing. Do a good job. And (laughs) as we talk about the fight for the media in this episode, the Alphabet Gang is out again, and they have attacked the New York Times for their trans coverage because in this age it's not about reporting news or having both sides of an issue being critical of an issue and showing could be some issues here that's actual reporting and for crying out loud the new york times is not always great at that and we should be applauding when they fight when they finally get it (laughs) when let me just because this is my background in news when you have a story and you make Some people, you've done a pretty good job. If you've done a story and both sides are mad, you've done a great job. Really good job. (laughs) So uh, here's what's going on. The Hollywood celebrities and pro-LGBTQ advocacy groups joined GLAAD, which is the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. They allege that the New York Times reporting has gone against their beliefs and what they want them to say because they don't understand news they want propaganda out there they say it's against medical and and the science community okay right there's anything scientific about a man identifying as a woman and here they say every major medical association supports gender affirming care as best practices that and it's it saves lives and the new york times turns out pieces that anti-trans extremists use to harm children and families so that's what they're saying there it's absurd this is but this is par for the course right because we've angered some celebrities we should all just change how we live our lives and it's just it's par for the course though the idea that you can take a 13 or 14 year old girl and you can physically remove 
developing body parts, like developing breasts and a hysterectomy on a child. That is. Oh, you say girl, but but think about it as a boy. You're getting your junk cut off. That is crazy. This group has made three demands of the New York Times. Stop printing biased anti-trans stories. Print what we want you to say. Wow. Is that dangerous? Number two, hold a meeting and listen to members of trans, the transgender community. Three, hire at least four transgender writers and editors within the next three months. That's absurd because first of all, they're saying you can't even have a conversation about this. If you have anything quote negative to say about the trans movement, then all of a sudden that's hate speech. It's nothing grounded in fact is what they're saying. But the thing is, okay, if you want to have a conversation with people from the trans community, let's also make sure that we include people who have actually transitioned and have tried to reverse those effects, who have tried to untransition. They're not allowing a full conversation to take place here. They're saying what we have to say is what matters and what you have to say and what your concerns are don't matter. It was similar with the vaccine too, Michelle. They were like, if you deny the vaccine, then you're a terrible person and Man, you're going to be responsible for the worst winter of doom ever. I, I, I don't remember the words that President Biden said, but it was basically that. So it's like you can't have full conversations if they defy a narrative, which means you can't get to a certain platform or position of truth to actually move forward with life and to move which forward means- with society. That we are looking more and more like some of the fascist and controlling and dangerous and communistic regimes that have been responsible for the deaths of millions of people because they have a different point of view, because they worship a different God, because they think differently, because they worship God, period, because they are challenging something that the government is putting out. And that's what we saw a lot during COVID. We'll talk more about some of the updates on that. Uh, It's not just the New York Times. Now it's your kids' books. You better hang on to your class folks because they may be coming after the kids books in your library like they're coming after your guns and i am not kidding publisher puffin was has elicited sensitivity readers to rewrite hundreds of sections of children's books. Children's author, for example, Ronald Dahl's blood books have been scrubbed by these sensitivity experts. How is that looking? The beloved Oompa Loompas in Willy Wonka's (laughs) chocolate factory were once called small men. Now they're called small people. Even though they may all be men, no one asked them if they identify as anything else. They just <laughs> made the assumption that they're all small How people. insensitive. Do they know the if all Oompa Loompas are small? Maybe just the men are small. Maybe the women are normal size. Do they know? Did they go in and look into that culture? Because I don't think that's very culturally sensitive to the Oompa Loompas. They're literally trying to rewrite fiction, like fiction, right? They're trying to rewrite characters that were created by a creator, by someone who was creative and had these thoughts and tried to build these stories to captivate and fascinate people and take people to a different land. And I was watching the original Gene Wilder, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory on TV, Willy Wonka, right? And it was awesome. And I just, it's wow, this is, you, you have to appreciate the time it was shot in. You have to appreciate the creativity of the story. And then just watch it. You can't, to go back and to just totally rewrite this thing, that's to make a different story. It and is. so I wonder, 
And you don't learn well, from we, history that way. You really, well, if we, there are things that are insensitive or things that are in that historical context that don't work today. That's where you watch it and you say, yeah, do you see how people work? Slapstick, for example. Exactly. I look back at, at movies with slapstick and I say, that's reprehensible. Ew. And yet yeah. we can watch it and say, yeah, it was a different time. Look, our humor has changed. That's great. It can show progress. Other favorites, other than Charlie and the Chocolate, Chocolate Factory, of course. Oh, by the way, Augustus Gloop is no longer called fat, just enormous. What's the difference? <laughs> James and the Giant Peach, his ants aren't skinny or fat or ugly anymore. They had a rhyme. Ant Sponge was terrifically fat and tremendously flabby at that. Ant Spinker was thin as a wire and dry as a bone, only drier. Now they've rewritten, taken the author who has put his, and I'm an author of a book. Don't mess with my book. Oop, there I am. Uh, don't mess with my book. <laughs> there she and is. This, I put my blood, sweat, and tears into how I wanted to say something. Now it's after being scrubbed. Aunt Sponge was a nasty old brute and deserves to be squashed by the fruit. Well, Aunt Michelle, Spiker this is gonna, there's, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Aunt Spiker was much the same and deserves half the blame. I was just going to say, Michelle, like that, that that's just the version one scrub. The version two scrub is going to be to get rid of ant. You can't be gendering people now. You can't be doing that. We're going to be changing the, the references to mom. That's all going to have to change. Go back to birthing person. Don't this they is just so say stupid. that they were Christians or that they were conservatives? And then it's okay to say that they should be squashed but like a fruit. Because how mean is that, really, if you're going to go down that route? So, Guys. When I was in school, I took a lot of Spanish, right? I got a couple college credit hours of Spanish, too. I was pretty happy about that. Like, we have languages that are literally founded based on masculine and feminine genders like L and La. And it's, are we literally going to re-engineer spoken language and written language to, to conform to the left's woke narrative? The, we've, we went from taking down statues and changing the names of buildings and streets to, to now rewriting children's stories. This is just so crazy. And it's just, I remember when Amazon canceled Dr. Seuss for a while, like sales skyrocketed for Dr. Seuss products. The guy's not even alive. He's not marketing his products anymore. He's long gone. And he was an immigrant too, by the way. It's like when people try to take the stuff from us, we're going to hold on to it even tighter. We're going to find where we can go buy those originals. And that's going to drive the price of them through the roof, too. Those are going to be collector's items. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking for all the Hardy Boys. I'm looking for all the Dr. Seuss for little Hayden. There you, you know, go. I'm going to be stocking up over here. I'm going to be in the quasi children's story prepper mode for the next few years. <laughs> Sorry, I totally started on air. That's hilarious. You know, I got a bunker full of children's stories. <laughs> Lock them up, though. They're coming for them. Okay, what do we haul out first, the guns or the Dr. Seuss yeah. books? Do we haul out the VCR and all the VC VCHs? Like, I'm going to go way back. But honestly, I may surprise you when I say, while I understand they're scrubbing these things, I'm not 100% against it. Why? Look, if the, this is how the free market works. If they see that there's a big market and I doubt that there is but if they see that there's a big market <laughs> for people who want to buy the scrubbed version of these books then scrub them put a label on them and say these are scrubbed these are woke these are politically correct but don't stop selling the old version and hey, I'll Michelle give you an I can example. give you a crystal ball right now go ahead I want to hear your example first but then because I, I think you and I are on the same page here for sure okay so there are services out there that you can ascribe to that will take movies 
and television shows and edit out the swear words, the sex scenes, and some of the things that are offensive that you don't want to expose your kids to. Now, funny, the same people that are have the mindset of scrubbing these children's books railed against that. This is this is artistic integrity that you're messing with. This is with. book burning. The, yeah, th- this was our this is our creation, and this is the message that we wanted to get out. How dare you mess with it? But parents are saying, you know what? We're not saying don't sell the movie, don't put it out. We're just saying in our household, we don't need to expose our five, six, twelve year old to oral sex during a kid's flick, okay? Bring we're, back PG-13. Do, do whatever you want, <laughs> but we want to be able, you know, we're tired of having to fast forward through through scenes yeah. at our home. You're so right, Michelle. There is a market for that, right? There is a market for fra- family-friendly programming, but unfortunately we've seen the establishment companies in our market starting that, that are responsible typically for selling family-friendly programming like Disney falling so far short of that and moving to a level of indoctrination. And so my crystal ball here for all these publishers that are trying to scrub out references to mom and references to aunt and who are trying to basically indoctrinate our children, here's a crystal ball. Look at Disney over the last three years. You're going to invest a ton of money into this and you're going to lose a ton of money. Nobody's going to buy this garbage. There's It's just because that's what it is. It's garbage. There is a market for family-friendly programming that does cut out some of that stuff that Michelle was referencing. Of course, there is a business case for that, but there's definitely not a business case for trying to really cancel creativity. And that's what a lot of this stuff is canceling creativity. That's first of all, innocent to begin with stuff that stories that are made for children. It's a sad thing to see, but I think it's something that we are fighting it that we're fighting against successfully. And the market is also going to correct it as well. I think schools will be purchasing these. So there's that. But in, for the most well, part, as we've necessary. seen with movies, there has been such a huge uptick of people supporting family-friendly films, Christian and faith-adjacent films. That's really happening while some of the other films are just the woke films. There was, what was that, Bros or something that that came out and it was like, oh, now we have romance for the LGBT community and no one went to see the film. Nobody cared. Michelle, Hollywood set the bar so low that it allowed the new Top Gun reboot movie, Top Gun Maverick, to be so successful because it was <laughs> so far from that narrative, right? Like Hollywood, just as a standard, set it so low. Now I think it's a great opportunity for creators to get involved. Shoot, Michelle, there are so many creative parents and moms and dads out there that they get inspired by something their kid does and then they write a book. They write a children's story. Yes. You wrote a children's story. And I that have. is the kind of thing and that our I, market needs. Can I take a moment to shamelessly self-promote? because this is not really about me promoting me this is about find your voice because there's a lot of people who have a message and because there's so many weird ridiculous over the top uninclusive in the name of inclusive messages out there i think that there's been a rise up in everyday people that have something to say and you have there's an audience that can relate to you like they can't relate to me or even adam go figure if you could imagine that there there, (laughs) because of your life experience the things that are important to your heart there's a message that you have now getting that message out and how to hone it in how to fine tune it and finding what a 
message really needs in order to be powerful, you may need some help with. And that's where I've written the book, Find Your Voice, Your Superpower and Passion Unleashed. You can go to findyourvoice.fun in order to get a little bit more information because I want to be here for you. I want to be part of getting your message out, the pushback against what's going on in the world around us. Findyourvoice.fun, findyourvoice.fun, findyourvoice.fun. Marketing tricks, finding your voice. And it registers in the mind. Yeah, there you go. Okay. (laughs) Now, I wanted to talk about, we've touched on what's happening in the media and the fight for media. There's more stories that we're going to get to, but I wanted to quickly talk about how that's working for us. Uh, Apparently not so well because there is a big mistrust. Now a new survey is finding that not only do we not miss, we not trust the media, there is massive mistrust in the media. Half of Americans that responded believe the national news organizations are not just not worthy of trust, but they intentionally intend to mislead or misinform the public that's half of americans and it gets worse this goes back to your actual experience in newsrooms right when you have the editors who are trying to say we want the audience to think this or we want the audience to feel that they're not like like you said a a good journalist should tell a story and it should anger both sides or it should make both sides at least a little uncomfortable right because it's got that much truth in there it's not trying to make you feel one way for either side really it's just trying to inform but americans we're not stupid for the most part sure we might make some stupid decisions yeah we're all guilty of that when you're being fed a spoon of bs it doesn't taste so good and so that's why even shoot michelle when the news organizations from time to time again are basically exposed for being in bed with politicians or in bed with companies like why didn't we hear anything from from cnn or msnbc in respect of the pfizer project veritas video because pfizer spends millions of dollars with those companies as an advertising client these companies are more interested now in clicks. They're more interested in now in, in, in aggregating power. They are less interested in telling the truth. And so now people are looking for alternative sources of information. I think people now, when it comes to looking for what's real and what's not real, there are more eyes now on local news. There are more eyes now on us. People are looking for individual sources of authority because, and frankly, that is also elevating some of the more independent journalists because you, you know that if someone is an independent journalist, they're less likely to be t- tainted or negatively influenced by a boss or an editor who says, make the people believe this or make them believe that instead of just tell the people the truth. Yeah, I, and it's been really good for us. So thank you very much, news media. 72%, by the way, say national news organizations, 72 That's a huge number. National news organizations have the resources and the opportunity to report accurately, but they simply will not. Only 35% of those polled say that most national news organizations can be relied on to deliver the information we need. I think it's funny, Michelle, when you see outlets like the Washington Post or the New York Times pointing fingers, like stubbing their nose up at other organizations, whether it's Fox News or Project Veritas or Independent journalists, you see the same outlets that are guilty of basically publishing false headlines and trying to discredit people who are very credible are the same ones that are saying these other guys are purveyors of misinformation. And oh my gosh, Elon Musk is so scary because he wants everybody to know the truth about everything. Like it's how the, dare he be a free speech It's the news equivalent of trash talking. It just, it's just yes. crazy out there. It's I'll crazy. The court. <laughs> I wanted to tell you, uh, this is a sad, but a funny story in a way. It has 
has to do with the Army. Army recruitment is down again. Last year, oh it fell about 25% short of its goal to recruit new soldiers. So this year, they conducted a series of surveys to see what is going on. Why is it down? So what they found that there was only, we now we have said, yeah, go woke, go broke, right? And they were like, only 5% no. of the respondents said that wokeness was a deterrent to enlisting. But a lot of people, like 13% of the survey, said that they didn't want to join because they believe that women and minorities, BIPOC, will face discrimination in the Army. And I'm like, technically, that's wokeism. (laughs) That's wokeism. (laughs) Michelle, we're talking about the military here, and it's the surveys were saying that these young people simply don't see the Army as a safe place or a good career path. But here's, okay, a a couple things about that. First of all, it's the military. Seldom are you in a safe place. (laughs) It's the military. (laughs) You're there for a reason. You're there to protect the country from dangerous places. But I think the note about the good career path is interesting because, frankly, we have seen the military take certain actions against, I think, soldiers that we can all agree are excellent people for our country. We've seen the military ostracize Navy SEALs for making decisions about the vaccine. We've seen the military go after basically the social media accounts of their soldiers saying that if you wear a MAGA hat, you must be a domestic terrorist, even though you wear the uniform of the United States military. You know, when you realize that the military doesn't have your back, when you realize that there is no such thing anymore as leave no man behind, Afghanistan, that exit was just like beyond words. It was terrible. We left Americans to dry, and we've done that now for quite some time. If you don't feel like the military and the country has your back, why the heck are you going to serve? You're not. Yeah. You're not. And there's a deeper sadness there, and that is that if you don't have something that's worth dying for you really don't have anything worth living for if you don't have something that you would be willing to give your life up for your family our way of life and in in many of our cases our faith then you just don't have anything to live for but when you do you have something to live for your life becomes precious it's historically right. true it's biblically true the big one of the most powerful one of my most favorite powerful verses in the bible t- talks about defeating the enemy by the blood of the lamb the word of our testimony and that they did not love their lives even unto death like you're unstoppable you can wipe yeah. me out but i'm going to live this truth but we don't have much to live for and this is another example of what's really happening in our world and how the stuff we've been talking about today is translating into real world terms. The teen girls have reached a record low in sadness. Over half, nearly 60% of girls in 2021 reported feeling persistently sad or hopeless hopeless that is up from 36 percent. it is just exponentially growing year by year and here's something noteworthy as we have glad storming the castle of the new york times demanding that they report (laughs) scientifically accurate stuff concerning (laughs) the alphabet community lgbtq students with same-sex partners reported high levels of hopelessness about 78 70 to 78 percent 
So saying that giving puberty blockers and cutting off kids' genitals is going to change their outlook. No, we're looking at nearly 80% of LGBTQ students dealing with persistent sadness. There's something happening. 30% of teen girls said they had seriously considered attempting suicide, and that's up over 10% since 2011. That's really tragic. And you combine that with obviously trends that we've seen, studies that we've seen come out from Meta, from Instagram. They know that, you know, what the a photo blog like Instagram, they know what that does to the mental health of teenage girls who are in fairly sensitive positions in their lives trying to figure out what's next as an adult. But then combine that with what's happening at the border, right? You have fentanyl coming across the border and you have drugs mm-hmm. like just on the rise, right? And so you have these kids who are now looking for an outlet. They're looking for a diversion, something to make them not feel so hopeless. And then all of a sudden they think they're getting some weed or something like that. And it's laced with fentanyl and they die after one try. And just like terrible things are happening. You wonder why people aren't joining the military because people feel so hopeless that they go and they cut off their, some of their God-given parts, like their body parts. It's just a, it's a societal and issue. And what are we, we saying to, to kids? The health of our kids, the soul of our nation. The soul of our nation, the heart of our kids, as you said, what are we saying to our kids? Think of your little boy, your little four month old laying there and looking at him and saying, the only way you're going to be whole or you're going to be good or you're going to be satisfied is if you change the way you look. Why not give boob jobs to five-year-olds? Why not let <laughs> them have nose jobs? You know why? Because we should be telling our kids you're beautiful the way you are we're taking out words like fat or thin from children's books okay but at the same time we're celebrating lizzo and saying you should be happy in the way you are but yet we're telling people you shouldn't be happy the way you are that's where your worldview matters if it's inconsistent it's not a good worldview you need to think it through and some people are thinking it through the missouri ag is going to investigate trans centers for putting minors in serious danger and so in missouri attorney general andrew bailey called for a halt on authorizing puberty blockers for children at St. Louis Children's Hospital specifically, and this happened on Friday. He addressed allegations from a whistleblower who claimed that the university's transgender center was doing these irreversible surgeries and permanently sterilizing children and no parental involvement or consent. So they cut off junk and then they the parents have to deal with this with no resources, no help and no prior. Wait a minute. What happened? Former another news story, Adam, then I want your thoughts on this. Travistock Clinic in the UK, their employees are showing regret. And it's transgender regret, regret that they prescribe thousands of children's puberty blockers. More than a thousand children at this controversial clinic were handed prescriptions for puberty blockers. Now here's the kick. These staff members compared it to doping of East German athletes. They said that these that these children were incredibly complex in their in problems, that they had genuine mental health issues, background issues that were really complex. And instead of saying, let's counsel you, let's help you, let's, let's see how we, it's no. The answer is we're just going to do puberty blockers. What the heck? It's like you've got a puppy and your puppy, like, 
poops on the floor and you just put newspaper over it and walk away and think you just solved the problem. Like, <laughs> you didn't solve the problem. The poop is still there. In respect of these kids, Michelle, yeah, like, these are mental health issues that are going untreated. It's like so dishonest about what the cause of the issue is that they are unable to offer a solution to the issue. It's like saying, oh my gosh, you have terrible heart health. It's like refusing to prescribe like cardio workouts and healthy eating. Like we're just, we're really doing such a disservice to our kids and to our society by not saying, hey, you know what? This is a mental health issue. We can offer counseling. We can offer empathy. We can offer hugs. We can talk to you about how to put one foot in front of the other. And oh, by the way, you're still a kid. Your brain is still developing. And by the time you're in your 20s, you're probably going to have a very different perspective on life than you do now as a 12-year-old. And guess what? You're beautiful the way you are. And if you're a boy and you feel a little more effeminate, you know, you're beautiful the way you are. If you're a girl and feel a little bit more like you want to play sport like me and have like short fingernails that whatever like me, you can still be a girl. (laughs) Celebrate the skin you're in. We can't do that anymore. interest of time, I did just want to move on a little bit and talk about the newest COVID news. There's some new things going on in the COVID realm. There is a bit of an investigation into the origins of COVID. Where did it really come from? That's pretty important because when you're looking at some of the lies that have been perpetuated that are coming to to out and how stupid we've been saying, yeah, there was a COVID clinic there in the same area that COVID started, but that's not what started it. It's just a crazy coincidence. I don't forget who it was, Adam, that had said, if you have chocolate that leaked out into the waters around the Hershey's factory in Hershey's, Pennsylvania, and you say, we have no idea where it came from. It's (laughs) (laughs) It was probably Massey or somebody like that. But I mean, it's like the smoke's over there, but the fire is over there. Where's this? It's it's, it's such a departure from the truth, right? Like any like first year detective would be like, we should probably look over at that Wuhan lab thing real fast, guys. Well, nothing to see here. We should probably ask that Fauci guy some questions. He might know some things about oh where the money gosh. came from to fund that research. Oh, wait, it, what is it? What do you call it, Pfizer? Directed evolution? Is that what you guys call it? Did you hear the <laughs> CDC director talking about, yeah, masks? Nothing's changed with that. It's all been the same. And yeah, we should be masking up. And yet you have proof after proof. They have one issue that they cited as a study that wasn't even a scientific study, wasn't even done by scientists or doctors, but yet we have study after study and we have practical evidence that shows schools that had masks had no difference in who got COVID and who didn't. We just didn't see a difference. And hey, if masks worked, that would be great, but they also cause a lot of problems as well. Unvaccinated, this is another sad story. Unvaccinated New York City teachers were fingerprinted and their fingerprints were secretly sent to the FBI. 
They were filed. They were flagged as being problematic. And what that meant is that they were, they were given problem codes. So there's files. There may be files on you and I, Adam, but they put Probably. codes on it, which made <laughs> it hard for them to get other jobs. And those codes, we don't, they haven't revealed what they are, but they could be criminal. They could be, they're just bad teachers. But this is serious. The FBI, I wish they were just disbanded. They that's have gotten like, so corrupt, it's ridiculous. That's like just unfairly it's putting KGB. the pastor on. Yeah, it's KGB stuff. It's, oh my gosh, let's put this pastor on the no-fly list because he carries a Bible. That's dangerous. <laughs> you know? Or he has, a, he has an unfeathered copy of James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> can't have that. Oh, and, the, and your Dr. Seuss collection, by the way, problematic. And I know, really. <laughs> that's where we are. It's That's true. where we are. Because you can literally get you can get fired based on your religious beliefs now. And now with these problem codes, you can get not hired based on the same thing. This is insane. You have teachers who are being who are losing tenure for trying to actually teach kids. Whereas the teachers that are openly indoctrinating children to conform to the LGBTQ plus A plus. I think I missed some of the some of the letters there. But to conform to the narrative, right? If you are gonna get people to to fall to the left and to just hate America and to hate what they were given by God and to just hate their family and their parents, then that's rewarded. And I think it's a really sad thing. The FBI, Michelle, I think about the local FBI offices and you think about some of those FBI whistleblowers that come forward. The FBI whistleblowers are good agents who are no longer with the FBI because of the politics of yeah. The Bureau, and this is all stuff that comes from the D.C., mostly the D.C. office, maybe some New York office, but mostly the D.C. office, and it trickles down to all the field offices. And so you have these agents who are doing really good things at the local levels, but then the bureaucrats on top, the first two, the, first, the top two floors of the FBI building in D.C., those guys are, are literally stopping the good agents from getting promotions. They're stopping them from doing their jobs in many cases, and they're making them prioritize political witch hunts. And that's a terrible thing. And we're going to feel damage from this. Italy, the safety of our nation is at risk here. Heck yeah. If you are comfortable with the FBI being the KGB outlet of the government, then, you know, stop watching now and just continue to pretend like everything's okay. But for the rest of us, I think it's troubling no matter who they're going after. I don't think it would be great for them to go after GLAD. I don't think it would be great for them to go after the radicalized segment of the Black Lives Matter organization that's not right. okay everyone should have a voice at the table whether i agree with you or not whether you're nuts wrong whatever truth shines a light yeah. and then we really can figure out what works and what doesn't but when your truth isn't really truth of course you're going to want to shut down other the only way michelle you. The only way that the only way that we can fix organizations like the FBI is we have to empower the local leaders at the local branch offices to have a stronger voice and to have more autonomy as to how they actually pursue really enforcement of the law. We really we need to decentralize DC. We have way way too much power concentrated in DC proper. Oh, if but they love that, that power. They're not giving it up. Oh, that's they love it. that's why we saw so they much covid it. crap because they ain't exactly. giving it up. Why on earth would you ever want to give up a good thing like that? Come on. Oh my on. gosh, all the power. It's so delicious. You're <laughs> right. Like like they don't want to give it up, but they need to give it up and if they're doing the right thing, they will give it up. Because that's I why we think have to covid 
It, I think an acronym is control is only valid if dictatorial. You know. That, oh my I think gosh, that's, that's so good. Yeah, I think that's what COVID <laughs> stands for. Speaking of, speaking of control, this is a crazy story, and then we're going to wrap things up pretty quickly here. <laughs> More than six hundred thousand people fled the dictatorial, left-leaning state of California in twenty twenty. Wow! But they're still going to get you. Because California is introducing a new wealth tax that would force people to pay years after they've already left the state. That is absurd. Gavin, <laughs> you know what, Michelle? They have to find a way to pay for the reparations, right? That's going to bankrupt the state immediately. So where, do you, where are you going to find the money? Oh, let's go after everyone who fled socialism. Like New York is probably next. <laughs> this is crazy. But this is, the, and by the way, this is coming from a state that President Biden doesn't run for re-election. They're talking about Gavin Newsom maybe running for president. The guy can't lead California. He certainly can't lead the country. Like, I think the fumes from his hair gel are affecting his ability to govern. What's really <laughs> sad, though, is we're still seeing people talk about a Biden-Trump ticket. Can we just let that go? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Is that, I'm sorry. Just let it go. Well, and you've heard me say this. I don't have a lot of trouble with much of the policy that came out of the Trump administration. Most of it was like, okay, it seemed even equitable and middle of the road. But man, every time the man opens his mouth, it's like, no, don't yeah, do it. His policies do it. were fantastic. And also too, his policies were all very, very thought through. Sought the input from a diversity of organizations who do nothing but research policy and research the country and try to fact check and hold our institutions accountable. And so I think the policies of the administration were great. We need those kind of policies back in our country to fix just not the man. To fix a very broken because he thing. just he just it's not unifying and he just he, every time he opens his mouth it just is cringeworthy. And then we have we've already talked about Biden. Let's not beat that nearly dead horse, shall we? I wanted to <laughs> <Nearly> talk dead. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk uh, about something that is really good news. Ladies and gentlemen, it really is happening. And I've been saying that this was going to be happening for quite some time. And that is, we are due for revival. I am not bothered by persecution or when things get bad. I'm going to fight against it. But when the heat gets turned up, it starts to get hot and it, people find real faith instead of this mamsy, pamsy, lukewarm kind of faithy thing that we've been playing around with because we're, we have such a society that is spoiled that we just get lazy on all fronts in our policy, in our faith, in all things. So when things start getting tough, that's when we start toughening up. And that's happening, and we're not hearing a lot of it in the news. In the mainstream media, it is non-existent. But in Asbury Kentucky, University in Wilmore, Kentucky, on the 8th of February, there was a little chapel service in their little chapel in this little university that very few people have even heard of. And yet the students refused to leave. They just wouldn't leave. They kept praying and fasting and worshiping and having testimony. And it has been going on since the 8th of February. People are coming from all over the globe to Asbury. In fact, they said, hey, we've got to move this out of the chapel because we just can't hold all of the people. And the little town is 
full. All of the hotel rooms are booked. They're afraid that there's not enough bathrooms for all of the people that are coming. Revival has started there. Is Will it continue? Will other universities, Christian universities around the nation are now holding chapels and vigils and Look at the faces of, of these girls who are talking about what's going on there in this prayer revival. Joy and the beauty and the peace, that's what happens in the inner part of your being when you're connected with a true living God. So I don't care about all the crazy things that we've talked about today and all of the policies and wokeism and the fight in, for our nation. All of those things are here today and gone tomorrow. There's something that is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that's what jazzes me. That's what's more exciting than all of it put together, Adam. Yeah, look at these people putting Asbury on the map and just what like what a beacon of hope. What a shining light on the hill. This is a great thing to say to see. Frankly, yeah, as we go through headlines that are difficult to talk about and, and negative in, in context and all the way around, there are things to look at that give us hope. And I think back to some of my experiences going to a Christian school and I loved going to our chapel services during the week because it really was a nice reset. It brings you back to, to square one. It helps you just take a breath and kind of refocus the way you're tackling problems. And as Asbury is sitting here being an inspiration to the country, I think we have to celebrate that and we have to reward this kind of behavior and let them know we support. This is great. We need more of this. We need more God on our side just by acknowledging that he's there. This is just an amazing thing. And I think the more of this kind of stuff we see, the less despair and the less hopelessness you're going to see amongst our younger kids, right? Like these girls who are and these boys too, who are dealing with strong mental health problems and just feeling hopeless. Man, there is hope. Just look what's going on and here. The, this it is didn't awesome. require puberty blockers. It didn't require massive reconstruction surgery. It didn't require shutting down of information. All it required was just a surrender to a God who loves you unconditionally. Absolutely the way you are, how you identify doesn't matter. You know what your leanings are doesn't matter. He loves you exactly who you are, where you are. However, here's the caveat. God loves you enough to not just keep you the way you are, but to make you more and more like you were created to be. And sometimes that's uncomfortable. Sometimes there's uncomfortable truths with that. But I'll tell you Definitely. what, there's a joy and it's going to mark my words, it's going to spread the nation. It may be even more divided by the time we report at the end of this next week. But I'll tell you what, there's going to be more and more hope as well. Adam, bring us home. Hey, God bless you guys for listening to our story today, our show. We appreciate it so much. Remember, findyourvoice.fun. Check out that website and definitely check out mymichellelive.com. A lot of great stuff on there, a lot of great content. You can check out the merch that we got on there, get some of our cool stuff. Please do let us know how you feel about the show. Give us comments, like us, subscribe, share the links with your friends and family because we are definitely not immune to the cancel woke mob. They definitely <laughs> want to shut us up. And they, they shut me up during the election every time. I get I think the last two years in a row, I've been kicked off Facebook around the election. I only got back on at the end of January. So, guys, God bless you. There is hope. God is on our side. Thank you so much for listening. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.